0: I'm Emily Swinford, and with some help from my friend, Todd Studer at Todd Studer Productions, you are listening to Emily Sells Iowa, the podcast. Join me, my colleagues, clients, and friends as we discuss real life, real estate. Please note that the opinions and content of this podcast are my own and not necessarily the opinions of Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate, any realtor associations, or any other persons or entities. If your property is listed with a real estate broker, please know that it is not our intention to solicit the offerings of other real estate brokers. If you're interested in buying or selling properties, what is happening in your community, or what's new in the real estate world, then this podcast is for you.
1: Thank you for joining us on this episode of Emily Sells Iowa. Emily Swinford with Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate in studio today. Thank you so much, Emily, for your time. It's, uh, well, it's Halloween season right now.
0: It is. Good morning.
1: Let's find out about I know that you have a few stories uh, associated with this time of year, And we kind of wanted to focus on those a little bit today because part of what we like to do in this podcast is just fill folks in on some of the backstories uh, that have been going on in your career since you got started,
0: yeah, exactly. I think I surprised uh, <laughs> surprised you this morning because just for everyone that is listening, I walked into the studio this morning and Todd asked what we were talking about. And I said we are talking about, Black cats, coffins, and dead people today.
1: Well, that's Halloween. <laughs>
0: so I might have scared, so might have scared you, Todd.
1: <laughs> that sounds an awful lot like Halloween. Okay, let's start learning about some of these stories. Black cats that are considered to be unlucky. I've never experienced that. I think. Uh, Black cats are just as pompous as every other colored cat, so.
0: (laughs) I've never really been a cat person, but then uh, like two years ago, one of my, just somebody I know texted me a random picture of a kitten and they were like, do you want this cat? And then I was like, yeah. And so now I have a cat. and Her name is Winifred. And so I'm not really a cat person, but I do love my cat. Uh, but the story I wanted to tell you today, it's actually one of my favorite all-time stories. And it happened uh, pretty early in my real estate career. And uh, Kayla and Jessica were selling their home, uh, where their name, or are their names, and they're repeat clients of mine. And I actually wish that they could be here because, well, they weren't there when all of this happened. But I was thinking of what to talk about. And I wanted it to be Halloween-y. So here we are. But anyhow, uh, what happened was I was hosting an open house house at Kayla and Jessica's house and they had this lovely black cat and I went to go lock up the house after the open house and the cat had gotten outside and so and I could tell it had kind of been under my car it was kind of dirty had some dust on it and so I put their cat back in their house and then I'm like racing to my next appointment and I call them and you know how how the open house go you know it went great we, we had a, a lot of traffic that day so I assumed somebody let the cat out the back door and I said but your cat got out but don't worry I put it back in and they said that's weird. Our cat usually hides underneath the bed in the basement. Our cat never ever runs out the door. And I was like, "Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Sorry, but I got it back inside. I'm feeling very accomplished." And then they say, "Oh, there's a cat down the street that looks just like ours." Wrong cat. It was the wrong cat. <laughs> I put the wrong cat in the in the wrong house.
1: So was the original cat that was supposed to be in the house still there?
0: Well, yes. And so at this point I'm not a cat person and I'm kind of scared of cats and now we have two cats in one house that look exactly alike and I have no idea which cat is which and so I can't find either cat. And so I'm like searching the house looking for this cat and uh, then I call him back and I'm like okay I can't find any cats in your house at all now and now I know there's two of them in there potentially I'm still not 100% sure. And so they're like well go get this little cat wand thing underneath the kitchen island and so I go get the cat wand thing and then both the cats come running out and um had a little bit of a showdown, but I realized uh, that one of them was a little dustier than the other, so was eventually able to get it out of the house.
1: <laughs> a little dustier.
0: <laughs> it was. It was. Um, it was traumatizing, but uh, probably not as much for me as it was for the cats.
1: <laughs> a friend of mine actually uh, was selling her house uh, several years ago, and uh, she, the neighbor's cat liked to come over and visit. Uh, her house and she would let it inside. And so it had to be part of the listing that you may see a cat that's trying to come inside that's outside, doesn't belong with the house, keep it out.
0: Every real estate agent knows (laughs) how scary it is because some cats do just start for the door. So if you are out there and you are a real estate agent, you totally can relate to how kind of uh, uptight we are about cats because I think at some point, every agent has lost a cat. Now, I don't know that every agent has like delivered a cat that doesn't belong to a house into a house. But uh, Kayla and Jessica, they didn't fire me and they went on to buy their next house from me. So <laughs> all is well. <laughs> Actually, two two houses after that. So all's good.
1: <laughs> As a complete novice, I would think that it might be a good idea if you're showing your house to take your pets with you.
0: Yeah. And cats are finicky. So most of the time people take their dogs. And we, we do recommend that you do not have any animals in the house. There's just too many things that can happen. Like I said, somebody accidentally lets them out the front door or kids are messing with them. So it is probably a good rule of thumb to not have your animals in the house while your house is being shown. But if you can help it, but sometimes people just can't help it.
1: All right. Let's find out the next story. You said something about coffins.
0: Yeah. So this is really interesting. I just sold a house in uh, Glenwood that closed, oh, like within the last six weeks or so. And it was an 1800s home, uh, really, really unique, incredible acreage. Uh, Julie, the one of the owners, um, and her husband David, but Julie's going to be on the podcast hopefully um, in the next. Who knows how long? But she has so many incredible stories from remodeling this house. But there, at the at the bottom of their staircase, because these older homes have you know their big open original hardwood staircases, there was a window, and the window touched the kind of the 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 ground, sure, almost like the sides of a door. And so uh, in these older homes, they would put a door or a, win- a window at the bottom of the staircase because at that time, people died in their homes and it was easier to get the coffin out of the house through a window rather than having to churn the landing on the, squ- on the staircase.
1: That's an actual thing?
0: It's an actual thing. And so doors, windows, and then, um, and I'd never heard this before, but last year I was doing an open house at an older listing that I had in Glenwood. And interestingly enough, I wish I would have got his information now that I'm thinking of this, but a historian who just kind of pops around old homes, open houses. He had came in uh, and I was super busy with other people that were walking through the open house so I didn't get to talk to him much, but he had pointed out that this particular house in their stairway had what is called a coffin corner and it, what, it looked like a shelf, kind of up above so not like at the base of the staircase but this was up above and it was so that they could lift the coffin over the railing upstairs and then it could go it would have enough room to go straight down so it was kind of a weird angle so in some of those older homes if you're walking down the stairs especially you'll notice that the wall's not square and that's why it's so that the coffin can get down the stairs
1: i never knew that
0: yeah, I didn't either till I got into real estate. But it's um pretty fascinating. <laughs> it's, it's
1: very very <laughs> fascinating. It reminds me of the way that things used to be a hundred years ago, or just not the way things are now. You know, it used to be tradition that if someone in the family passed away, there would be one final picture taken.
0: Oh, I didn't know this.
1: Well, you can see some of these pictures if you go online, and so they would have a picture, and and the 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 person who had passed away would be dressed, you know, and posed, just as if they are still with the family. How you can always oh, tell- Oh, like
0: they were already dead when this photo was taken? Yes. Oh, okay. So
1: how you can tell of which one it is in the photo is because 100 years ago, the shutter speed was not at all what it is now. You're taking the lens, the cap off the lens, putting it back. Everyone had to sit very, very still in order to be, have any kind of resolution at all. Well, the person that had passed away is always crystal clear because they're not moving and everyone else is just, you know, they're sitting as still as they can, but there's always a little bit of blurriness to them. So that's just one way to be able to tell.
0: Okay, well, I think um, I'm I'm happy that this is no longer uh, the norm. That's <laughs> what <So> am I.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of people that have passed away, I know that it, it's probably a common question that you get if, if it's something that you need to disclose if someone has passed away in a home before you sell it.
0: Yeah, so uh, I believe in some states it is required. I'm obviously only licensed in Iowa and Nebraska, so I'm not 100% sure. Uh, But I do get asked that question a lot. I get asked a lot of... uh, I guess I'm not somebody who really um, is in tune with any sort of paranormal or has any... I, I just try to... I personally, I just don't uh, think about it much. I'm not very superstitious or wh- whatever, uh, you know, however people relate to that. But I get asked all the time if homes are haunted, uh, if somebody's died in the home. And I also get asked a lot if you have to disclose legally whether or not somebody passed away in the home. And so for Iowa, that answer is no. There is uh, a property disclosure when you go to sell your home that you have to fill out. And this is where the seller discloses everything to a potential new buyer that they know about the home. So if they've had water in the basement or a bat infestation or anything along those lines. And kind of the general rule of thumb is if you aren't sure if you should disclose it, you should disclose it, by the way. So even if you only had water in your basement one time because your gutter leaked and it was 10 years ago, you should still just go ahead and disclose it as long as you haven't had any problems since and the problem has been fixed. It's not usually a big deal. Um, But anyhow, Iowa has a list of questions that are required. The seller is legally required to answer these questions. And then they have a list of questions that they suggest that a seller answers that are not legally required. So there's nothing in those disclosures that require anybody to uh, disclose whether or not somebody died in the home. Uh, One of the optional questions is if the home has any sort of stigmatizing conditions.
1: Stigmatizing.
0: Yeah. And I think that that word could be interpreted differently depending on who you are. So I don't really like that that question's in there. Uh, but I think it's geared towards, um, I kind of describe it to my clients as, um, you should disclose to a new owner or a, or a potential buyer anything that after the closing, the neighbors are going to run over and tell them. Like, oh, by the way. Um,
1: there was a crime <laughs> here.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. So uh, that just, uh, that's kind of how I describe it. So, But um, I, I think that maybe depending on the situation, that if somebody's passed away in the house and it was a recent, well-publicized event, I, I guess maybe that's something that might fall under that category, but I'm not 100% sure if you, you know, I guess it would be situational. But no, you do not have to disclose whether or not somebody died in a home.
1: Is this something that has come up that someone actually made a decision on whether they, whether or not they would purchase a house on that topic?
0: I've had a lot of people ask me about if houses were haunted and to which I'm just like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, like I said, I just try not to think about that stuff. So, um, but you as a buyer, if that is part, I've never had anybody have that be part of their due diligence, but I have had a lot of um honor- homeowners who come in and they, after they close uh, on the house, they sage the house and, and, and do all of that stuff. So um, th- after you own it, you can do whatever you want with it. But I haven't had anybody that has one, I haven't had anyone ever check yes on that stigmatizing conditions box. And uh, two, I've never had anybody not buy a house because it was haunted or something like that.
1: But as you mentioned, it, it's always best to err on the side of caution because uh, probably just for liability's sake and, and that way you don't have to deal with something later.
0: Right. Yes. So I, again, if it's something where like your neighbor is going to come over and they're going to welcome you to the neighborhood and they're going to tell the new owner that All of this stuff went down at this house um, just so that uh, nobody gets mad at you after the fact and then starts to dig for other things um, that could potentially end in a lawsuit or litigation, then it's probably a good idea to disclose it.
1: I know when driving around and I see some of these uh, Halloween displays that are out, and some are pretty detailed, I always think, I bet that house isn't for sale.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Halloween has gotten um, almost just like Christmas. People are really going all out, it seems like, these days.
1: Well, and there's a lot of a lot more stores geared toward that as well. They get very busy this time of year. I know that. Well, back when I was a kid, you could throw a pillowcase over your head and cut a couple of holes in it, and you can go walk around trick or treating. Now, not so much. It's it um, you know over a hundred dollars, and sometimes even more than that for your kid to get dressed up and go out and trick or treat, and it's. Go into some of these neighborhoods uh that night and watch uh, some of the costumes that are walking by. It's all altogether different now than it, is. it used yeah, to be. it's wild you know I don't have the the little plastic mask with the tiny little hole cut in for you to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> this was very very common when I was younger. I'm dating myself a bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, my parents always made us. Well, I dressed as the same thing every year. I think I was a clown for like two or three years in a row. And then my brother was always a hobo. My mom says it was because they just couldn't afford to do any to do anything, so they just rubbed some dirt on his knees and put him in an <laughs> outfit that they ripped that was all ripped up, and he was a hobo.
1: I went one year as a robot and just cut holes in a for my arms in a box and wrapped my arms in aluminum foil. Perfect: yeah. Well, other than the fact that no one helped me, so the holes were cut way too high, so my arms are sticking straight out instead of <laughs> being able to put them down where they needed to be. So tell me, how is everything going uh, this time of year? Are we seen a slowdown at all? Is, is uh, what's what things been like uh, in the real estate world?
0: It's been busy. Uh, I know we talked a lot last week um, or on our last episode about um, the market and all that good stuff, but I tell you, it's just, it's really not slowing down. Now, lots of things are changing. Um, and I don't know that everybody is, is quite as busy as I am. I, I hope that they are, but um, for me personally, I, I'm still seeing home sell. I'm still writing offers. There's uh, a few more challenges. Um, just listed a house this week uh, that I think should go fast, but we're just kind of we're waiting waiting a little longer on the phone to ring, so we have to be a little more proactive in our advertising, but I think there's going to be a lot of um, changes over this next couple of years, especially with the election coming up in 2024, so we're anxious to see where it goes, but yeah, still still busy.
1: One of the reasons that we don't talk about interest rates or where they are at or things like that on this show is because it changes so often and you can never know exactly where it's going to be. And plus, we never know when someone's going to be listening to this episode. So, But it's the main reason why I think that uh, if you're buying or selling a home, you need to use someone like Emily because that is going to take that guesswork out for you. You have the information. You're going to know a a specific snapshot where things are at right then and be able to help folks make a determination about uh, how much they should offer or how much they should list their house for.
0: Yeah, it's really, um, you know, selling real estate's a lot of fun. But one of our jobs is to take the stress off of you. It's already stressful enough to buy or sell a home. And so we get to do a lot of fun stuff as realtors, like uh, videos for Facebook or podcasts, where we get to, you know, come here and do this stuff. And it is a lot of fun. But um, what people don't see is uh, some of the behind the scenes stuff. And and you really having somebody go to bat for you, especially in a market that is ever changing. um, And I don't think that's going to change anytime in the, in the near future it's important to have somebody on your side
1: Emily Swinford of Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate uh, the podcast is Emily Sells Iowa we encourage you to uh, tell your friends and invite everyone that you know to listen in and if you have any suggestions at all about topics that you would like to hear I know that Emily would love to hear from you just uh, if, if you type in Emily Sells Iowa into a search engine you're going to get a lot of different options on how to reach you
0: Yes, and clearly we're not afraid to discuss coffins and dead people, so. Not at all. (laughs) Thanks, (laughs) Doug.
1: All right, thank you very much, Emily, and thank you for listening. We'll see you again next time.